0: You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number twenty-eight. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Yelena Levin and Pontus Böckman. See ya stock. Hey son, hey son. Good to be back. Yeah. Even though I'm losing my voice, and you're traveling
1: as well, right? So you're doing this on the fly,
0: right? Um, yes. I'm in Toronto, actually. Um, not even that. I'm in Mississauga, which is uh, a neighboring city to Toronto, Canada. Okay. So we're in three different countries again. Sure. Right. Yep.
2: I'm still in Sweden, and I'm back to my country of my birth, Latvia. Huh? Right. To see my uh, to visit my family. So that's a very different recording today for all of us.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. So why don't we start with um, some feedback we've got recently?
2: I'll just briefly mention um, an email from a guy called Roland we received recently. He wanted us to uh, give him a shout on on the podcast because he is, even though he's from UK himself, he's based in Seoul at the moment. Um so if any of the ESP listeners are in Seoul, we can get you in touch with Roland. Um, so some skeptics, rational thinkers, um, and uh, yeah, please give us a shout. Um, email us on info at theesp.eu and we'll get you in touch with Roland. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I think we do have some... Uh... Listeners in Korea, uh, because I was looking at the statistics, and we have uh, more downloads from there than just from one person. So I don't think Roland is uh, alone there.
2: All right, yeah, that'll be good.
0: Oh, nice, mm. nice, nice.
2: Yes, thanks Roland for the for the email as well.
0: Yeah, and I have to say that we we have our first death threat as well.
1: Yeah, he was kind enough to offer us a but death was, threat.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a joking one, so you know, yeah. a little bit like "I kill you" kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but, and and we and we all had a good laugh so thank you very yeah. much Roland. Pontus I I hear you you had quite a success with with something recently.
1: Yeah, we I have a follow up quick follow up from last uh, week's uh, uh, really wrong person. I talked about a guy called Brian Clement or Clement. He uh was supposed to talk uh in uh, Stockholm on the 20th. But we did some uh a little bit of sceptical activism. We, we contacted the venue. We contacted some newspapers just to let them know what, what was going on. And the venue actually cancelled their booking when they realised who they had. And uh, after some uh, confusion on the organizers' point, they decided to cancel the event. There was a big um, article uh, on Saturday. Uh, what was that? The Saturday the 18th. ...in mm-hmm. one of the major newspapers in, in Sweden. There are two really big uh, national newspapers... ...and one of them had, had a big uh, thing there... ...where they actually, among other things... ...interviewed yours truly. And uh, after that, the,
0: they cancelled the event. Uh, so that was good. That is brilliant.
1: We're happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I, think, I think we would be happy with, with that result... ...anywhere in Europe... Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do hope that other other groups can achieve that too. We,
1: there are still we'll come to that, but there are still some talks uh, scheduled that is not been cancelled by by Brian Clement uh,
0: around Europe. We'll talk about that very soon. That's brilliant. So congratulations.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a big big congratulations. Excellent result.
0: Absolutely, and we'll definitely have uh, have uh, a follow up on the situation mm. as it unfolds yeah. around Europe yep okay, I think it's about time to talk about the upcoming events for the next week.
1: on Saturday on the twenty fifth in Brussels, there is a, a skeptics in the pub in French about creationism on this side or on and on the other side of the Atlantic and the speaker is Olivier Brousseau.
2: mm-hmm. On the 27th of June, there will be uh, Skeptics in a Pub in Glasgow. Um, They're talking about how genetic modification saved the papaya with Frank Machin.
0: And um, the next day, on Tuesday, the 28th, um, Cologne in Germany, um, or Cologne, will hold um, Skeptics in a Pub meeting. It's going to be a social event, so it's a good opportunity for those who ha- haven't been attending any of these uh, uh these events in the uh, in the last period to go and meet skeptics.
1: And on the same day in Cambridge there is uh, skeptics in the pub in form of an open mic night. So uh, go there and if you have a short subject you want to share with your fellow skeptics, uh just ask to get the microphone or just take it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But don't fight. Yeah,
0: just interrupt the speakers. <laughs> yeah, you're full of shit. It's my turn.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Andrew's is giving bad advice. <laughs> okay. Mm. On the 28th of June, there will be a Cheltenham Skeptics in the pub where they're going to be talking about UFOs. Are they fact or fantasy? With Ian Ritpath. Mm. I wonder what they'll come up with. Oh. I know. It's, a, it's still a controversial one, isn't it?
0: So exciting.
2: Because theoretically... They probably are factual because the universe is so vast. But practically, will they ever want to bother getting in touch with the planet Earth and their inhabitants? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> well, Independence Day is coming out worldwide, so yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that.
2: <laughs> On the 30th of June, uh, there will be a Skeptics in the Pub in Winchester... And they'll be talking about radiophobia uh, with Becky Alexis Martin. Now, apparently, um, it's the um, 20th anniversary of the comprehensive nuclear test ban and the 30th anniversary of Chernobyl, which I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so this talk kind of um, remembers, looks back at what happened and looks into the future yeah. of ionizing radiation and society.
1: Yeah, so radiophobia is not about irrational fear of radio transistors. It's it's about
2: well, or is it? I think it it'll be like an exploration of our perception of ionizing radiation risk from accidents sure. to activism.
0: All right. So radiophobia refers only to ionizing radiation. According to Wikipedia, I looked it up. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to know. So Wi-Fi phobia is not is not is not radiophobia.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Wi-Fi phone. I'm
0: not sure. No,
2: I'm sure you just made it up as well.
0: Yeah. If there is a criterion that, that it has to be ionizing radiation, then Wi-Fi doesn't qualify. So, mm. Correct. Okay.
1: And before we leave uh, all the events, uh, I'd like to say that Brian Clement, that we mentioned before, he's still doing his uh, European tour. So he's planning to be in Denmark on the 28th. And... Poland on the 29th and in Romania on the 1st of July and and on the 2nd of July and there's a lot of there's not a lot of information about these events out there yet. It says more info to to uh, be communicated, so uh, we'll see. But it looks like they are still on these uh, four
0: events. Mm. Well, there are skeptic groups in both countries. Brian Clement might have some kind of a problem uh, going through with his plan. Hope to see that happen. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, a podcast for science and reason from Australia. Every week since 2008, the Skeptic Zone has brought you reports, interviews, and investigations from all around the world. We have many listeners all through Europe. That's the Skeptic Zone podcast. At www.skepticzone.tv I think it's time to move on to our interview with uh, the foreign liaison of the Czech Skeptics Club Sisyphos, Claire Klingenberg. On every other episode, we interview someone who represents a sceptical organisation, group or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Today we have here with us from the Czech Republic, Claire Klingenberg, representing the Czech Skeptic Club called Sisyphus. She's a board member of the group and one of the organisers of the 17th European Skeptics Congress that is going to be jointly hosted by the Czech and Polish Skeptics. She's also the Foreign Liaison for the Czech National Organization, so we are very happy to have her here to talk about Sisyphos and its project. Claire Klingenberg, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you very much, thank you for having me.
0: Um, First of all, did I pronounce your name well?
3: Yes, yes, uh, you pronounce it perfectly.
0: (laughs) Okay, I didn't even try pronouncing the name in Czech of your organization. Could you do that for us, please?
3: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so it's Český klub skeptiků Sisyphos. Oh.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. I feel it's... the
3: same way about Hungarian, trust me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also, I have to say, that is that is there are a few words that we all understand, I think. Yes. And especially when someone knows a bit about Greek mythology, yes. Sisyphos does have a meaning. So... Why that name for the organization?
3: Because um, the, the Skeptics Club, it got um, started in 1995 officially and it was established. And um, when they were looking for a name, they wanted a name that would characterize the work of a skeptic. And uh, as maybe some of you know, the King Sisyphus got sentenced as a punishment to have to roll up a, a rock uh, onto a hill a boulder up the hill and yeah. uh, always when he was almost at the top the boulder would uh, roll back down and he would have to go down and roll it up again and that would be his eternal punishment for what he did um so it's not that we feel that we're being punished <laughs> we're doing all this voluntarily but it's the same concept um uh, that uh, we feel that our work is never finished. We, when, and whenever we accomplish something, there is something new that uh, grabs us our attention and that needs some skeptic intervention. I think the Estonian um, uh, uh, chairman of the Estonian group said it perfectly that a skeptic's work is like a whack-a-mole game done by Sisyphus or something am- among those lines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think it describes pretty well really the, the the work of a of a skeptic um i believe it was um kendrick frazier from uh, the skeptical inquiry uh, who who compared it to cleaning the stairs um ah, at yes. a staircase you know <laughs> in a in a block of flats when everyone is it, it's going to be get dirty again so why why would you want to clean it um because we have to so it's it's like <laughs> Yeah, That's the right thing to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's the same like taking a shower. Why should you take a shower? You're going to you know, be dirty anyway. But if you don't take a shower, you're going to smell worse and worse. So you kind of have to do the cleanup in between to make sure you at least stay smelling nice for a short time.
0: Yeah, all right. And does it really get the attention or is this something that gets the attention of the public, this name?
3: Yeah, I think so, because um, the part of the regular Czech uh, student curriculum in elementary school is to learn about Greek myths, so I think mm-hmm. everyone kind of has this basic idea, and we are just colloquially known as Sisyphus amongst the public, and when you say that name, people usually associate it with our organization and not with the myth anymore, and they either associate it with joy or with disdain, it depends on which mm-hmm. side they are on. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us, please, about how
2: you personally got involved, um, well, in the movement and in this organization? Um, what uh, was the uh, the reason? You know, was it the person or the event or whatever?
3: So I'll start with a small anecdote. Um, for some reason, when I was eight years old, my parents decided to put me in a Catholic school. and (laughs) and I think that's kind of a story that's how a story starts with almost every atheist (laughs) but it's it's
2: either that or I have read the bible
3: (laughs) (laughs) yes so uh, even though like I said I was only eight years old I was a very curious child and I still have that I always ask questions no matter how not welcome they are and uh, so I asked questions and asked questions and I didn't like the answers because they made no sense and I continued asking questions and uh, that's kind of how I got personally started as a skeptic that I didn't take things as a, on face value and I always asked more and more questions. And then I uh, kind of got involved with some magicians and I uh, started working for magicians as their manager and their event manager because I have some experience with that and the uh, one of the magicians got hired by the Sisyphus club to uh, to be their main person uh, to oversee the paranormal challenge the European paranormal challenge that went on in year 2013 uh, the million prize challenge uh, to make sure that no one's cheating and uh, I got uh, talking with the person from the skeptics club Lev he's our uh, he's the uh, chairman currently and uh, we kind of figured out that I could be the one interviewing uh, the people because uh, of uh, some of my uh, background because I shortly studied profiling at Harvard. So I started interviewing the people and then last year uh, after the London Congress w- uh, um, ha- happened, there was kind of a discussion that the Czech uh, uh, Skeptics Club together with the Polish Skeptics Club would have the next Congress. And they were looking for someone to help organize it. And since currently the person who was doing the foreign affairs, he had his hands full with a lot of other work. And he's teaching at three different universities. He just didn't have the time capacity uh, to take care of this. They asked me if I wouldn't mind coming on as a board member and as an organizer of this uh, Congress. So that's how I became officially associated with the uh, Choice Skeptics Club.
0: And the person you replaced was uh, Antonin Pavlicek, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. Anthony Pavlicic is still very important. He is the, in charge of all the finances, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I just am helping out with uh, with this current task. Yes. And uh, what
0: what what is your role in these activities now?
3: So, uh, for example, uh, I was at the Rationalist International Conference as the Czech delegate for our club. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, I am slowly uh, building, like, the English uh, version of the, uh, of the Czech website or more like a blog because um, the, we haven't had much of a international presence when it comes, uh, uh, well, web presence since uh, until pretty much, yeah, until now, actually. And uh, so I'm trying to change that. I'm also involved with the Wikipedia guerrilla with uh, Leon Kortevec. I hope I pronounce the name correctly. I don't. I'm not very good with Dutch names. <laughs> and uh, he asked me to write up the Czech skeptics uh, page, uh, so uh, on Wikipedia. So that's kind of what I do. It's the conferences and the English presentation of the Czech skeptics club. Uh, uh, so how is
2: the uh, how is the organization of the next congress going?
3: It's uh, very difficult. Um, not because it's, uh, because it's a very big event and we're very lucky we have two years to prepare. The problem, the main problem we're facing is that, of course, uh, we want all of our uh, speakers to commit as soon as possible. But of course, no one's going to commit two years in advance to an event. So that's kind of a bump in the road we've been facing a little bit. But we've already have some speakers that have confirmed. Um, one of the speakers I think that's going to be very interesting to have, and it's the first time we will have that, is the Russian Houdini Prize group uh, because the, Rush, uh, the Russian Federation also has its own paranormal challenge, uh, the Houdini Prize, and so far we haven't really, or as far as I know, no one in Europe has really actively communicated with them or uh, worked with them, so I think that will be very interesting. Uh, we, uh, because it will go under one of the topics we want to present, it's the topic of paranormal investigation because most of the member countries of the the European Committee for Skeptical Organizations has, uh, some kind of paranormal investigation going on. Then the other topics we would like to definitely have is science and religion. Um, that's, I think it's a everlasting topic. Uh, then we would love to talk about, or have a topic dedicated, or a blog dedicated to pseudo medicine, uh, to GMOs, to vaccines, and uh, that's kind of the general idea. And you know, you mentioned the topic of
2: religion and science. Are you go- are you going to present something on this topic? Are you going to even you know participate in, in uh, presenting anything at all?
3: Um, personally, I maybe will be involved in presenting something about the paranormal investigation because that's something I am most involved in, but we have, or we have some, and we are communicating with other great experts on this topic. Um, one of uh, the people who has already uh, promised, uh, to, uh, be there is, uh, a Czech expert on religions, uh, docent or doctor. Uh, Zinik who is a very, very, uh, well respected expert, uh, on generally religion and religious movements. And, uh, another person who's going to be speaking as a member of our organization, uh, Mr., uh, or Dr. Yihik Grigar, who is a very, uh, highly held astrophysicist. So, uh, that's kind of the range of speakers we will have. And we are, of okay. course, looking for some others, but I don't want to Talk about that because they are not confirmed, and we don't want to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> Being good skeptics, we ha- we are superstitious. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you some other guests if you like. That from the GMOs, Mark Linus confirmed, uh, who is uh, uh, on, he is a big expert on that. And uh, from critical psychology, we also want to do a small segment on critical psychology. That would uh, Susan Blackmore uh, also confirmed. And we're going to do a very, very small segment on um, the uprise of exorcisms because that has become a very uh, big thing now. Because uh, you see, the Catholic Church is uh, losing its devotees because people in this day and age, they want miracles and they want them now. They don't want to wait. And the Catholic (laughs) Church's approach is that you pray and you pray and maybe something good will happen, maybe you will go to heaven. But a lot of the evangelical churches or the, as you said in the previous interviews, happy clappy churches, <laughs> um, <laughs> they give you miracle, miracles right now. They do the miracle healings. They, uh, you know, make you see again or you will, you, they promise you money and things like that. They promise you success. So uh, I think the Catholic Church is trying to k- kind of catch up with that. And the only thing that kind of makes them different from the other churches is this uh, the exorcism ritual or rites. And, uh, and even uh, Pope Francis, who seems to be a very progressive pope, authorized uh, association of exorcists to be formed under the Vatican. And if you are a Catholic uh, priest, you can get authorized by the Vatican to perform exorcisms.
1: It sounds like you have a, a very ambitious and 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 uh, interesting plan for the for the whole uh, congress. How how many people do you uh, reckon will will uh, be coming? And are you planning also to do something for for the public, general public, not just for the skeptics movement?
3: Yes, sure. Um, well, uh, I'll just. Uh... Summarize the topics because I've been kind of saying them here and there. So the main topics is science and religion, critical psychology, GMOs and vaccines, uh, science, pseudoscience, media, alter- pseudo-, pseudo, medicine, and then, uh, education and critical thinking. And, um, we want to kind of, we know that we, the Congress is only for three days and these are very, all of them are very complex and big topics. So we plan on kind of having two, two speaking rooms. Uh, where one would be more open to the public, and one would be more kind of uh, more uh, directed for the professionals or for like scientists or uh, skeptics in general.
0: Like like workshops. How do it, how how should we? Yes, imagine uh, we that? want
3: to uh, have not only lectures but also uh, workshops, especially the one for critical thinking. Uh, we want to do a workshop on that, and also have some uh, some uh, lecture on. Uh, how important it is to implement um, critical thinking, or to learn critical thinking in elementary school, and in mm-hmm. general imp- uh, implemented into regular education. Because I'm sure Czech Republic and Poland are not on- the not only don't are not the only two countries in Europe that don't have that in their curricula. Sorry, curriculum. Ah, curriculum. I'm sorry. I always have a problem with that word. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, okay.
3: like, and like I said, another topic will be the exorcisms, which will be also open to everyone with a screening of uh, the movie um, that was just current last year it was uh, finished off in Poland about exorcisms in Poland.
0: And it's a joint initiative. That it's, it's jointly organized by your organization Sisyphos and the the Polish skeptics.
3: Yes, uh, led by Tomasz Witkowski, who is an amazing critical psychologist
0: Mm mm-hmm okay so but where and when is it gonna take place actually so that we can all put it in our calendar right here right now
3: that's a very important piece of information (laughs) it's going to be in the year 2017 so next year and it will be uh, between the 22nd and the 24th of September and it will be in Wroclaw in Poland and, uh, there's, uh, an airport in Wroclaw, so you can fly in, or if you're, um, somewhere closer around, you can drive. <laughs> and so, uh, there's a direct flight to London to Wroclaw for anyone from England coming in. Two hours away. Yeah, Not too, ba- not, not too bad. Yes. And it'll be there at their, at the Wroclaw University, so at the, at the main university there. The turnout, uh, Honestly, right now that's very difficult uh, to determine because uh, it really depends on if we manage to secure uh, some VIP guests or not. I really believe that's going to be a huge turning point. Um, And uh, so it can be, I I guess it can be anywhere between 50 and 500 people. Um, It's really, I'm sorry, I really don't know. Because, uh, like I said, we're in the planning stages, and uh, so far we've kind of uh, we have great Polish speakers, uh, and we have great Czech speakers uh, that confirmed, but we don't have uh, anyone else yet, to be honest. And uh, so, apart from uh, Susan Blackmore, uh, thanks to Tomáš, and so we are still uh, hammering out the details
2: and are you going to or have has the p- uh, page already has been set up on facebook um or is that going to be at later stage
3: uh just today i got a confirmation from our web uh, webmaster that he has finally created uh the basis for the web page and uh so we're going to fill that up uh during the next couple of months and be adding on uh the people we have confirmed and the people who we are still uh communicating with their, if they will confirm or not and uh, soon after that we will of course set up the Facebook webpage uh, all of this will be done by September to make sure it's a year ahead of time before the event itself so we, there's enough time for everyone mm. to get their tickets yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was going
0: up. to say that that um, there is no two, there are no two years left anymore exactly it's so yeah, a bit, yeah, we're a bit it less than two years, years uh, from now um, is it going to be on euroskepticscon.org uh, under that domain?
3: Yes, yes. We have just uh, worked with our, the our English colleagues on mm-hmm. translating that uh, domain. So now we have find- we have both skeptics with a K and skeptics with a C.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Both of these exist apparently, um, and <laughs> so we will be uh, uh, putting it on that domain. Yes.
1: If we go back to the the Czech Skeptics and the the Sisyphos organizations, how many members do you have currently and what kind of events do you do normally?
3: So uh, the Czech Skeptics have about 400 members uh, and uh, we have about 6,000 Facebook fans. but we have uh, like official, but we have uh, kind of a larger following um, generally on social media and uh, yeah. And our events, we, well, it kind of is uh, a little bit now uh, got divided between the skeptics or the Sisyphus events themselves and the paranormal Ch- challenge events. Um, Sisyphus has uh, their main event of the year is the boulder prize, the Sisyphus boulder um, which is given uh, to individuals or groups who have mystified the public or confused the public the most during the previous year. And uh, so this boulder has two categories, individuals and groups and it's uh, given um, in three ranks. So there's a gold boulder, a silver boulder, and a bronze boulder. And this has been going on for the last 17 years.
1: You, you mentioned the paranormal uh, claims as well. Uh, you have a special challenge for that. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: So like I said, um, uh, the activities now get uh, um, divided between the Sisyphus uh, activities and the paranormal challenge activities. The paranormal challenge itself is um uh, open place for people who claim to have paranormal abilities to be tested in a double-blinded, randomized experiment. And uh, we, they can ha- uh, claim pretty much any ability and can be tested in any b- ability that doesn't interfere with the law, which means that, um, not- that they cannot t- attempt anything that causes bodily harm or death or destruction of property. So, uh, pretty much, um, all kind of the basic claims that are claimed can be tested. Um, uh, this has been going on since year 2013. After the European challenge ended, we continued on with the Czech challenge. And, uh, currently the pr- monetary prize for whoever uh, manages to uh, prove their claim is 3,333,333 crowns. Which is, uh, about, um, a hundred thousand euro, uh, give or take. And, uh, but our prize, uh, or our monetary prize is a little bit, uh, different than in other countries. Uh, we make it available for anyone to throw in some money. So, um, so the minimum is like 300 euro about, but, uh, you can become like a sponsor of the prize and, uh, you kind of just like sign a contract that indicates that someone proves their claim you really know hand over the money so we have a bunch of donors and uh, that's how we got to, to such a high amount and we hope to climb higher in the future we have another couple of sponsors that are interested so uh, that kind of makes it a little bit um, interesting for the media as well that we always ha- have something to talk about not only about the people who who are interested in being tested but the people who are Kind of uh, ready to throw in their money to uh, to show that they believe that it's not uh, possible or it cannot be done.
1: It's, no, so how often do, does that happen? How many challenges do you have per year, or or so? That, is it common?
3: Uh, it's a little bit of a complex question. Uh, we get uh, we get claims through the f- uh, form on the internet almost daily from people claiming a wide range of abilities but but the challenge works in a way that first you have to go through the preliminary interview and a lot of people give up before the interview even happens because they find out that they actually have to show us something or and uh you know not just tell us a, a story about what they did we had one person that uh called his girlfriend while you know uh, on uh, speaking to us and, and said, hey, you know, tell them, tell them what I did. And she said, oh, yeah, he did do that. I said, well, that's great, but we still need to do the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's fine that your girlfriend confirms it, but we still, you know, need more than that. But <laughs> yeah. so and then uh, we do the first round of, of experiments, which uh, is set to a probability of success of one to one thousand, which is quite low and quite manageable. And we have tested five people um, in this first round so far. Um, and we have uh, three more experiments lined up for for the summer and for the rest of the year so far. Uh, one of them is a lady who does intuitive writing. Another lady is uh, a psychic. or uh, And uh, uh, the last gentleman says he can cure AIDS. So we are very uh, expecting of what's the, how these uh, tests will turn out. So, but wow. so we haven't gotten to the second round of experiments yet, which is uh, set to a probabil- probability of 1 to 10,000, uh, because everyone pretty much fails in the first round.
1: Well, The, the last one there with the AIDS challenge, I think that, that poses
0: some ethical questions. How do you want to test that? exactly the words i wanted to i wanted to formulate here
3: (laughs) yeah um we fortunately i was also very skeptical uh, when um my colleagues came with that because i was thinking this was very unethical to do uh it would be very devastating for whoever's taking part in the challenge but uh, we met through this one clinic, a uh, couple of people who are, uh, who have HIV, uh, but are skeptical thinkers and, you know, and said, you know, why not? If, you know, I, I am, I already know that I have this disease and I know it's going to impact me for the rest of my life. So why not try something crazy? I don't think it's going to work, but if it does, you know, good for me so uh i was very surprised to find people that are so open about this and so willing to do this so what we plan to do is simply have them uh, produce their uh, medical uh medical chart that confirms that they do have this disease uh have them go uh have them um be healed or so-called healed by this person and then have them retested again after the certain uh, amount of time that is needed, what, I think about, about a month later or something, and, and see if it worked or not. Yeah. But, and the person, one of the person, who, uh, people who is actually uh, going to undertake this experiment is a person who's been. Uh, publicly speaking about HIV for eleven years, so he's very open to all this kind of public presentation.
1: Sure. please let us know how that works out because that's something we would really want to follow up on on the show.
3: Definitely. Of course absolutely. Yeah, we uh, yeah. do every, everything that we do is always filmed, like I said filmed, so it's on our YouTube channel. And, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, uh, we're putting together an uh, English blog of, of what we do. Where we, There will always be some kind of summary of, of the experiments, so definitely I'll end up on the blog. Awesome. Great.
0: But Your organization seems to be a very active one and a very successful one, um, especially for, for a small country like, uh, like the Czech Republic. How many? There are 10 million people living in the country?
3: almost 11 now almost 11 <laughs>
0: almost 11 uh but still uh, um a group of uh skeptics with 400 members and thousands and thousands of followers um that's that is something i know there are organizations with larger uh, membership but um but still i think for a for a central european country it's it's um it's pretty good and uh you mentioned a few sponsors for for the price um and the, for the challenge to to be financed um these are all very difficult tasks are there any are any tasks and challenges that that you kind of find really difficult and struggle to go through with them
3: so um in general, there has because Czech uh, Republic is historically an anti-clerical country. I don't want to use the word atheist because that's not really correct uh, for uh, for the mindset of the people, even though they tend to label themselves this way. Uh, and because there hasn't been a really a big mainstream religion uh, for a very long time in Czech Republic, a lot of these little religions started sprouting up after the revolution in eighty nine. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, huge amounts of alternative uh, movements and smaller religious groups, new religious movements, uh, gurus, um, all kinds of stuff, really. And so that has been a huge problem because uh, to be able to keep up with everything that's going on and every new movement that's sprouting up is very close to impossible. Now the government has, um, you know, been... um, ...passing the law that you cannot call yourself a healer... ...after one person died... ...because they went to have their brain tumor removed by a healer. Mm-hmm. And so that was... Uh, ...the government was pressured into making some very quick law... ...to prevent this from happening again. So they chose to do this... ...which was actually a terrible idea... ...because now it's even more difficult for us to track... ...all of these people. I think we're facing similar challenges like any other organizations... Then it doesn't matter how many times we disprove something, uh, you know, people still believe it. For example, we were testing a dowser in our paranormal challenge and he failed very badly. And a couple of weeks afterwards, someone called us and said, oh, yeah, you know, I saw it on TV. We're testing this dowser guy. Can I please have him? uh, Can I have his number? I need a well, the the gun. (laughs) So, yeah. you know, and then we said, you know
0: that he failed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 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 Ugh, terrible, and
2: terrible. No, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's,
0: that's a very... It's an often um, emerging dilemma of skeptics that we are we fear that if we start dealing with a certain topic... Uh, we end up promoting the very thing that we we yeah. would, would would like yes. to eradicate. Yes. So that's always a dilemma. And some in some countries it it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. For example, uh, whatever I see in the UK, uh, and I, I I I heard especially Michael Marshall uh, from the Good Thinking Society say it many times that um, it's still better to. To, to go against them um but yeah it's not always the case in my opinion um just just now recently uh we heard that um Brian Clement um do you know who that is um Claire I'm sorry it's, I don't he's an american uh, Brian Clement he's an american cancer quack uh-huh and he had a european tour just recently um and The Turkish skeptics. uh, There there was originally there was a plan for a Turkish uh, um, step um, at the tour as well, uh, the Turkish venue, but turned out that the Turkish venue was uh, was cancelled, and this is why the Turkish skeptics decided not to go for it, so not to not to go and make um, give it some any any publicity, because it would just make. Make his life better yes. <laughs> instead of making it miserable, so yeah
3: yeah well it's kind of a related problem or a related issue to what you're saying is that the media of course they love some miracle healer or they love you yeah. know all of this sensational stuff, and it's a huge problem that even on official government funded media or TV stations or radios, you have these quacks or these uh, people who cause more harm than good, you know kind of advertising themselves, and then when we accept it say, wait a second, wait a second, no, let us speak, <laughs> you know, that's not true, anything that person said is not true, do not, you know, ha- eat coconut oil instead of, you know, getting um normal treatment for STDs and things like that, you know, it's just, <laughs> uh, we have a huge problem convincing uh, the TV hosts or the TV station or radio stations to have our voices heard, Um so we've run into that many times uh, that uh, they presented some phenomena or some guru. And when we went to, you know, say, okay, you're a government-funded t- television, so you should give both sides the equal amount of time when it comes to such an issue. Uh, they say, well, yeah, well, yeah, well okay, well, we, we have to. And then it's just, it always turns into kind of a battle more than a discussion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what are the topics, what are the most frequent topics that that you deal with as an organization?
3: Uh, I think mostly, I think like everywhere else, it's alternative or Um, pseudo-medicine. Because everyone is always concerned about their health. So I think that's kind of a universal challenge for all skeptics. Um, That's an everyday issue. The next issue is the misinterpretation of scientific studies. Or a mm-hmm. misunderstanding of science or scientific language and the misuse of it. Because uh, that's also become a new phenomena. A lot of people or a lot of these new age uh, groups, they kind of uh, found out that, it's, that people like science-sounding things. So they uh, create their religion based on like uh, the quantum physics without truly understanding quantum physics. Or none of their followers actually ever, you know... Reading anything, or like, re- like even remembering basic physics from school. So uh, that's a big thing we deal with. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say these are the two biggest, uh, biggest issues. And then we have a couple of cases, a couple of like people that we that keep just jumping up and uh, and resurfacing, no matter how many times we uh, we discredit them, they somehow still manage to pop up. And uh, so yeah. That's kind of the main thing we deal with. Oh, and like that, cor- and that this- certain rubber duck? I'm sorry?
0: Like that certain rubber duck that, that keeps popping its head up yeah, from, from, exactly, from underwater? Exactly. Water.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year is the anniversary of the, uh, 9-11. So, of course, this year is kind of the culmination of all the 9-11 was the inside job conspiracy theorists. Uh, so, so that has picked up a lot in last year. Uh, what we do is that every month, uh, on, uh, every third Wednesday of each month, we have, uh, we give a lecture. Uh, we always invite either someone from our organization or some expert on the topic to speak about these, uh, controversial things that are going right on, uh, like on. So one of the people was speaking about the 9-11 and about, um, the the like the physics of of the fall of the buildings that it wasn't an inside job uh then we had you know someone speaking about you know um climate change and protection of our our planet and another of uh, we had this great doctor speaking about the problems of pseudo medicine and medicine and and like versus uh evidence based medicine so that's what we try to do. Uh, and then every Friday, um, there's always a talk um, that kind of pertains to social, social sciences. Um, some topics that are currently going on in, and are hot in social sciences and that can be somehow misinterpreted.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, has the, the list of topics or the kind of topics that you deal with um, shifted um, a lot in the last let's say 20 years uh, like for example in, in several other countries in the 1990s after the political changes of the Eastern Bloc uh, there was uh, UFOs were a huge thing and uh, dowsing and um, and and things like that so they they don't seem to be that huge anymore uh, what about GMOs and chemtrails
3: uh, of course, that's a, a very live, a lively debate, as always. Um, but the kind of main thing more popular than GMOs is the vaccines, the vaccines cause a- autism, uh, theory. Okay. Or not a theory, that's a, to, uh, well, conspiracy. Um, that's more interesting to people than GMOs, uh, because I think it's more emotional, a more emotional topic, uh, uh, the kind of the GMOs, I'm not sure that many people are... Of course, there are a lot of people interested in the topic, but not as much. Um, so that's kind of been a big thing. Of course, after the after the revolution in 89, like you said, the early 90s, there were a lot of psychics that popped up because that wasn't allowed. And a lot of new religions or uh, branches of uh, religions uh, showed up. But in general now we have noticed a huge uprise of uh different uh, off christian cults and uh like i said kind of pseudo physics based movements uh Mm -hmm. which wasn't there before and and of course now everyone is obsessed with healthy living and healthy you know lifestyles so all kinds of, of things pertaining to that uh like I was speaking about coconut oil that cures herpes or um, Chinese medicine currently because um, we had just got a huge investment from the Chinese government in the Czech Republic, uh, which was preceded by building a Chinese medicine clinic uh, adjacent to a university hospital in our country. And oh. even though the official chamber of um, of uh, Czech doctors or, or Czech medicine... Um said no, <laughs> are you crazy? no <laughs> still it got built, and it's just you know working somehow, so that's kind of been our our issue currently is the Chinese medicine clinic hmm.
0: can you actually um put forward some political uh lobbying as well now that you mentioned uh how how officials allowed things to happen like uh, like an opening of a chinese clinic
3: well in our charter in our Skefix charter it says that um we will not uh mess around or meddle in religious political or moral issues mm-hmm. uh which kind of forbids us from lobbying of course uh, when- does it yeah. Well, from, uh, it doesn't really, because of course, when something like this happens, a lot of people are going to voice their opinion, uh, the charter be damned <laughs> in a way. And so there's like, we don't have a lobbyist group per se, but we have many outspoken and respected members who give their opinions on such issues, mm-hmm. uh, very publicly.
0: Okay. Because um, just because, um, of course, it do- it does sound very, very bad when when one says political um, activism and lobbying. But of course, what we mean by that, uh, uh, by us, I mean our skeptics, is that we are trying to uh, promote evidence based policies. Yes. And that's that's what the basis of a kind of a lobbying activity could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think
1: yeah. uh, we we have a rule in Sweden. We say we're not engaged in party politics. We don't take yeah. sides in parties. But we can still drive certain political uh, topics if if we feel that they are scientifically based.
3: Yes, yeah, that's the problem. That kind of, you know, politics and religion, they mess with science, but uh, so it would be quite natural for uh, people who actually do understand science or are experts in certain fields to voice their opinion that are regarding these policies, but um, the problem is they don't get heard as much as uh, people with more sensational kind of ideas or or, uh, personalities.
0: Yeah, with sensationalizing topics. You can get more votes, that's for sure,
3: yeah, and no matter how much non uh, like like i said the the healer law that does didn't make any sense whatsoever ever, and instead of asking someone, they just kind of made a decision, so yeah, yeah, and that nice. know kind of happens with a lot of things that, and like that's I guess another challenge we face is uh making sure there are more laws that are evidence based but it's very difficult to reach that because a lot of times these laws are created based on popularity or things that have absolutely nothing to do with the law itself. So mm. who's friends with who, who who you get to vote for you this time, so, they, so you vote for them next time and things like that. So if we're candid.
0: So it all comes down to um, trying to gain public support uh, and persuade the general public that something or other or another is is basically nonsense and you shouldn't pursue that uh, yeah it's not an easy task <laughs>
3: yeah like Pontus was saying we are party poopers nobody wants to pay or listen to party poopers so yeah. you know like like it's just we, you're not going to get that much coverage by telling the truth or by being rational so it's always difficult for example um i just uh, we uh took part in the um, in a fair it was like um esoteric fair it's a ha- uh, it's a free uh, two or three day it's a three day event where people who are into alternative living or healthy living or magic or psychics or pretty much any kind of that alternative scene or new age scene they come and they have their stands so we had one of our paranormal cha- challenge stands there as well and there were 16,000 people there, uh, during these three days. And we met with a lot of people. I honestly don't even know how many, because we were there like nonstop. There was always someone there talking to us, but still mm-hmm. we managed to like convert only four <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, it's so much, it's a hard work to, um, uh, kind of, uh, persuade someone to be rational. Uh, and even yeah. I caught myself using using emotional arguments to per, uh, to persuade persuade someone to be rational because it's just like the fastest way. If you if you're trying to convince them with rational arguments, you're not getting anywhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but four people is still better than none.
3: Exactly, and I take it as our <laughs> big victory. Plus, we uh, we do this. Uh, it's called the safe event. We get a big safe, and we. Uh, Put some items inside and people who claim to have supernatural abilities can go and uh, you know uh, say what's inside so we had that at the fair each day we had a different item inside and a lot of the people who claimed to have supernatural abilities went there and they brought their crystals and they brought their dowsing rods and and whatever else they needed and they gave their tips to what was inside and of course none of them succeeded none of the days but Still, they considered, like, even, like, somehow being c- close in, a, like, s- like a huge success. It's, uh, it's, um, you can't convince these people that they were wrong, even when they were wrong.
0: Especially then.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where can
2: people find out more about your organization um, and its activities?
3: So, if you go to s-i-s-y-f-o-s dot c-z. Uh, that's our webpage, page, but our blog will be www.chickskepticsclub.com, so that's much easier, uh, which, and it will be, like I said, in English language, uh, oh, and Skeptics with a K after the yes, just to make sure, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I never knew that it was such a huge debate, but apparently it is, um, and <laughs> so uh, we will now slowly be putting some of our activities on there. And I forgot to speak about uh, one topic that I think uh, all skeptics will find interesting. uh, And that's uh, that uh, when I was at the Rational International, uh, Rationalist International Conference, I met uh, a Russian man called Leonid Shapiro, who is creating a special social network for skeptics and rational thinkers. Uh, It's called EdenTask.com and
0: what is it again sorry
3: uh eden task uh, it's going to be work you know it's kind of going to be a mix between linkedin and academia if you know these two mm-hmm. social networks and yeah. uh it's going to work in a way that you will state what's, what your expertise um your expertise and uh, you will be able to answer questions for uh people uh about your field and other people from similar fields can, uh, or from the same field can rate your answer if it is scientifically correct or not. So uh, to make sure that we promote cor- correct information. And of course, all of this will be available to public to see and get some feedback about like the basic questions that they have from skeptics. And, also, and it's still going to work like a, a network for skeptics to keep in touch and to see skeptical events uh, going on in Europe You can go to the website right now and uh, you can create your profile. It's still being built, so we appreciate as many people creating their profiles as they can so we can start making sure that it's uh, working and all of it is running smoothly. So we're going to kind of test it out this, uh, this summer and try to get as many people to sign up to make sure it gets working correctly. And yeah, and all input is really appreciated right now. So yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm afraid uh, this is all we had time for um, in terms of our interview. It was a real pleasure talking to you and uh, hear about the what the chess skeptics are up to. And uh, hope to see you in person at QED or next year um at the European Skeptics Congress as well.
3: Absolutely. And I'll let you guys know when the English version of the blog is up so we can read more about our uh, what we're doing and if the HIV test uh, worked hard or not.
0: Perfect. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, Claire Klingenberg, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thanks a lot. It's been great.
3: Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you guys in person at QED.
0: Yes. Likewise. Indeed. <laughs>
3: All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: I can't wait to be at the European Skeptics Congress.
1: Yeah, that'll be fine. But- very
2: exciting, yeah. I- I'm very uh excited about it and I I really wanna go. Um I've already checked out the tickets, so flights look very reasonable. We'll see.
0: Yeah, this this podcast was conceived <laughs> at a European skeptics podcast. So we have was, we yeah. have an obligation to attend all of them. <laughs> well yeah. Uh, no it's a, it's a
1: pleasure to attend them. It's not an yeah, obligation. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I was going to add, but yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so really looking forward to it. But uh, before that we're gonna have a major event to, to attend. That's gonna be QED this Whee! October. Yes, Yay. so Yay. excited Yay. about that too. Very much so. So, if any of our listeners want to come to QED, head to qedcon.org dot org and yeah, buy your ticket right away. Do so because you never know when it runs out.
1: Yeah, and we the three of us is going to be there. So, if you see us there, please come up and say hello. We would love to meet uh, our
0: our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I I second that. All right. I think this is it for today, and um, I'd like to thank you, Jelena, and thank you, Pontus. Thanks a lot.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.
0: It was great uh, getting together again, Uh, but until next time, goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I don't
0: know how you can be Why don't we start talking about stuff that we gather to do for uh we we uh, for uh or uh, whatever <laughs> So okay <laughs> Um
2: why don't we dive right in
0: <laughs> Uh yeah why, why yeah 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 uh why did What did I want to say? <laughs> Do mind? I don't
1: know what you <laughs> want to Why don't say. we
2: start? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I think shit. that's a dog I hear in the background.
2: Oh, no. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, sorry, my... My brother just, just arrived the dog. and he, he the dog. gets... Does he, he, he sounds like
1: this? Your brother sounds like that when he gets excited.
2: My... Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> Oh, no. My brother arrives. When he arrives, that then dog gets excited. Right. Anyway, great. My my mom just closed the door, so it's fine. We can. F- no, she didn't. Oh, okay, I-
0: and we're closing
3: closing the show anyway. So. Well, yeah.